Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Expert to Authority show. My name is Simone Vincenzi. I'm your host, and this is the show for coaches, speakers, trainers, and experts who want to grow their businesses while making an impact in the world. We give you different episodes, sometimes solo episodes where I show the behind the scene of the business GTEx and what works right now. Sometimes we interview clients and case studies and celebrating their successes. And other times, like today, we have incredible guests uh, to talk about how you can become an authority in your field. And today we are talking about sales automation. So if you want to make more sales while automating a big part of the process, this is for you, so stay tuned because it's going to make a huge difference in your business. Before we start, two things. If you're new and you have, this is your first episode, make sure you listen and engage with the episode and then you see the value, subscribe so you don't miss out on any other uh, episode as well. Also, uh, check out in the show notes, uh, we have uh, some resources for you. One is the webinar conversion kit. I'm a big fan of webinars. Maybe you're following the sh been following the show for a while. Um, you know, I love webinars uh, too because they're an incredible tool, tool to get more sales in a way more streamlined way. And um, unfortunately, webinars sometimes a lot of people are doing them by getting no sales and no results, or they don't do them because they are stuck. So we have created the webinar conversion kit is a resources where we'll teach you how to create your webinar presentations, how to create your follow-up sequences, how to set everything up, the tech, and it's only and this less than $30. So get it, click on the show notes, uh, is a webinar conversion kit, and you can find it at webinarconversionkit.com. So it's webinarconversionkit.com. Now, it is time to introduce the show. In fact, our guest today <laughs> is uh, the co-host of one of the top 100 Apple podcasts, Growth Mode, and the CEO of Time on Target. He's a sales expert and a serious technology geek who knows how to help his clients take their automation game to the next level and is changing the game of business development. Talking about using sales automation to close deals faster Please welcome to the show, Kevin Snow. Kevin, good to have you here. How are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show today, Simone. Well, I mean, we are talking about two things, automation and sales. I'm a geek on those. <laughs> I love the topic. So I was looking forward to pick your brain and ask some questions on this topic from you that you've made a career out of it. <laughs> um, so how did your passion and... Uh, let's say fetish for sales <laughs> automation started. <laughs> so it, uh, I, I didn't ever, and it's funny because everyone thinks when you start a company, you start because you have this, like you have this huge idea that you're going to change the world and do something. I actually started time on target out of necessity. I, at the time I was actually working for a networking organization and doing basically kind of coaching and, and helping them uh, run their region. And I was really good at launching chapters. So I had other regions from around the United States and uh, regions from around the world that were reaching out to me saying, hey, Kevin, can you come teach my team? Because you're really good at this thing. I'm like, yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd love to. Like, yeah, we'll fly you in uh, and we're going to pay you. I'm like, 
that's even cooler. You're going to give me money. So I had to start a company to accept payments. <laughs> so that is literally how Time on Target originally got started. And then it turned into this speaking uh, speaking company and training company and businesses who would hire me to come in and teach their sales teams and their executives how to network. We do training on sales, all that cool stuff. I'd speak at summits and conferences. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then I deployed over to the Middle East with the, the military because I'm also in the United States, the Minnesota National Guard. So I'm a part of the mm -hmm. army. So I spent a year over in Kuwait and Iraq in 2011. And I came back and I, I didn't have any speaking gigs. I didn't have anyone in my pipeline that was like talking to me about speaking. I'm like, oh crap. And what now what do I do? Uh, so I, I kind of had that come to Jesus meeting about figuring out what my business actually was and what I was going to do uh, once I got home from the deployment. And so I did this huge pivot and I realized that me being the speaker and having that as a product, while it was really fun, uh, wasn't a way to actually scale my company to to turn it into a real business. It was basically me having a really cool job uh, and not actually having a business. So we pivoted into consulting. And we started going into a lot, mainly tech firms that were at a second stage growth uh, phase where they'd had a lot of success and now they would plateaued and they were trying to figure out how they hit that next growth spurt. And we'd actually help them launch their sales team. So we would help them, you know, write the job description. We teach them right. how to do interviews for salespeople because that's different than interviewing a, a tech guy or a dev or, you know, anyone else. Uh, so we taught them how to do that process and we helped them figure out, all right, so how do you train your sales team? Uh, and part of that was mapping out the sales process for them on how they actually interacted with their clients and how their clients made decisions. Uh, then we taught them how to manage their team. We basically took them through the whole thing. At the end of the engagement, they'd have this really cool playbook on, hey, here's how you run our sales division. Go do it. And they'd have two or three new salespeople on board that they could just mm -hmm. go do stuff with. Uh, so as that was taking off, I started learning there are parts of that that I didn't like. Uh, and parts of it that were really going to be hard to scale, specifically the hiring portion. Because if you've ever hired, you know, two or three salespeople at a time, that's a lot of interviews to get down to the final. Yeah. It's a and lot it, of work. And then the it, training and training the product yeah, it, it, it is a lot. Yeah, totally. And it was for me to help because I would sit in on all the interviews so I could help them, uh, you know, translate what the salesperson was saying to what it actually meant because the, you know you're you're interviewing salespeople they are good at selling themselves if they're if they're going to be a good salesperson they know Sometimes how to phrase good. exactly they know how to <laughs> phrase everything it's like so he said this but it actually probably means this you know so he's covering up this thing so i was there all the time that was literally like 2 weeks of my life when a client was going through that process so we started getting rid of steps we stopped doing the hiring piece uh, then we stopped doing the training part and it got to the point where we were really focused on the part that uh, we really loved, which is the process piece. I love diving in and figuring out, all right, so how do your clients make decisions to buy? How do you sell it? Are they mirrored up and doing all that stuff? And then I had my second oh crap moment. It's like, oh, Kevin, you're an idiot. Why are you outsourcing all the automation? I was literally bringing in other companies to do the CRM work, to do the email marketing automation, all that different stuff. And I'm like, I do this for my company. Why am I not just doing it for all my clients and charging for it? 
and well, making I money. I bring it in house, and that's and that's how yeah. then it, the, the automation part got added to it. Yeah, uh, exactly. And then that that really became the main focus then of my company going forward is that sales automation. How do you use email and all those really cool technology so that the clients have this awesome experience and your sales team and your ownership actually like using it too. I want to hear some horror stories right now. <laughs> and I, I, I want to go there. We're going to go and climb back on a positive, but I want to hear some horror stories because definitely sales automation is a very controversial topic, in particular in the sales world. I've got a sales background. Sales is one of my biggest skills and passions. And automation is controversial because mm -hmm. done well can work and good create a good experience. But if we are using sales as sales makes it the customer is part of the customer experience when they buy something is part of their first touch or the first touch points with the company if done wrong it can actually jeopardize the entire relationship yep. with the company moving forward so what are some of the things that you see happening where sales automation is done wrong so uh, there's a couple really big ones that I see all the time. Uh, the first one is the company doesn't actually understand how they sell. So they will bring in a CRM or some sort of automation tool that will have a you know out-of-the-box uh, pipeline. And they'll have this out-of-the-box sales process set up. And they'll try to massage what they're doing to fit that. And then it throws everything out of whack for... Uh, for how things progress through, and it really screws things up. Uh, and then they don't understand how their their clients make purchasing decisions, so they get out of sync. So now they have this CRM that's pushing stuff at the wrong time and it not necessarily in the right order because it, they didn't customize it to fit how they do stuff. But then their process to begin with wasn't in sync with how their clients made purchasing decisions, so they're trying to push too fast or they're not keeping up, and now they're either behind and selling the information they don't care about or they're a, a step ahead, and they're selling, sending them information that they're not ready for. And they're not, they're, they're, you're trying to answer questions that they're not asking yet. Uh, so it, it makes, that makes the client frustrated and it, it slows down the sales process because both of them are you're basically talking at each other, but no one's listening. So that is a huge mistake that I see. And then the other one that I see all the time for companies is the content of the emails is written like a mark, a marketer. They are writing it all about the company, all about the product, all about the service. They're not talking about the person reading the email. You know, and we've all gotten those uh, emails from uh, from Internet gurus, I call them, that are, hey, you have the newest, best way to increase your sales by 6,000% this year. Uh, you know, here's how to take your agency to a seven-figure agency. And when you read all the marketing emails, it's not about the client and the issues they're having. It's about, hey, here's how great I am. Here's all the stuff we can do for you. And even when they're short emails, they do the same thing. I can fix this stuff for you. Let's set up a call. And it's it's and when you read it as a client, it's like, but he doesn't even know who I am or what my issues are. He's how just rattling they possibly off stuff. Know, how do they possibly know they can fix my problem? Exactly. They have no clue about who I am what my business is, what I'm challenge my challenges are, yep. 
how can they possibly pretend that they can solve them, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's because they don't understand how that client's making decisions and how they understand that they have an issue. You know, the first step for a buyer is always deciding, is this actually a problem for me? Do I actually have this issue? And looking for content and stuff that's going to help them say, yeah, this is an issue and here's the impact it's having for me. Here's, you know, other companies in my industry had the same issue. Here's what happened to them and the issues they were see, uh, seeing and experiencing allows that client then to say, wow, yeah, that's us. We actually need to do something. We need to look at some solutions and see if we can fix this because everyone for, in sales forgets that the status quo is one of your competitors. It is easier for the client to say, no, we're just gonna keep everything how we like it and not do anything than to make a change. So if you're not building that value early on, hey, here's why this is an issue and here's what you're gonna experience and here's what else is going on everywhere else, they're not gonna wanna engage and keep moving the conversation forward. So you have to understand how your clients make those decisions and what they're asking so you can get them the right information and help them move in a direction that says yes. Mm. So to summarize, what I'm hearing you saying is uh, number one, they don't know what their customer buying, the client's buying process is. So therefore, they don't know what part to automate and how yep. to automate it well. The second one uh, that they buy a solution and they try to fit their solution not the other way around. So they try to fit the software that they bought, not having the software that fits actually the strategy they want to implement. Yep, So they become exactly. slave to the software. And then the third one is about uh, marketing. The, the, the nature of the message is written more in a marketing way rather than a sales way. So instead of talking about this is, uh, these are your problems, this is how this going to affect you, this is how it affected other companies in your industry, you're actually talking about, this is how great I am. This is the solutions that it can provide. This is what we can do for you, but without really helping the client see that you understand them, their specific situation and who they are. Yeah. Summarize it correctly. Yeah, exactly. I got an email yesterday from a lead generation company wanting to do lead generation for my for my time on target uh, automation firm. And he basically went through, you know, here's all the things we can do for you. We can generate this and we can do this and we can take control of that. And I replied back, it's like, we pretty much have that covered with the stuff we're doing already, but I would love to talk to you about how we you can do better cold email. <laughs> um, because here's here's the issue you have and here's what's gonna happen with mm -hmm. it. And, and he came back, he's like, yeah, can we talk? Because <laughs> evidently he's actually having the issue of no one wanting to meet with him after that email. Yeah, and so, you show them in that response that you understand the issue that they are having and the issue yep. that they will have. Oh, that's exactly. That's yeah, and, and, it, and it worked. And actually, I stole that from one of my friends who owns a uh, Instagram. She does uh, Instagram posting. She That's her agency focus. And she does that to people, too, for lead gen. And I'm like, oh, I'm so using that. And, and it worked. So, But you, we get those all the time as business owners. And it's always like, we can do this, we can do that. We can, you know, let us let us uh, uh, scan your website and we'll give you and tell you all the things we can fix. I'm like, no, my website's fine. 
I I have a good team. You, you haven't told me I'm, any I'm issues okay. that I yeah. You haven't told me anything that's going to make me dedicate uh, my listen, time. So we specialize in creating and selling and launching online courses, right? That's a, one yep. of the things that really we specialize in. Where we're great at. And uh, I received a cold message on Facebook uh, the other day from someone saying, "Hey, I love your profile." You know, like those <laughs> messages that yep. you receive. I love your profile and everything you are doing. I'm like, no, you haven't loved, you haven't loved anything. You haven't <laughs> yeah. I loved your profile and everything you're doing. I think that you will be great, uh, that you will benefit from an online course where you can monetize your expertise. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's what I do. That's what my business does. Okay. <laughs> if you just spent literally a moment just to read my tagline. I'm yep. not asking you to do any research, just to read my tagline and the work that we do and what we specialize on. You would have just, so I responded with laugh emoji and then moved on. <laughs> I, I got one. I got one the other day. It's like, uh, you know, I was looking at your profile and, you know, based on you being a digital marketer and your other skills, we think you'd be uh, amazing and should look at franchise ownership. I'm like, did you not notice that I own three companies already? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm good. I, I don't need to buy a franchise. I'm getting ready to launch my own franchise. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm like, no. it's, 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 and unfortunately they're using just really bad automation. They're yeah. looking for keywords in a, um, in a profile that fits a template they have of, all right, here are the people we know are tend to be successful business owners. They have these types of skills. Let's search for those. And then we're going to send them out and see who we can find. And it's just, it's not good personalization. So let's, let's put our listeners out of their misery. How can we do it right? How can we do it? Now we know how can we do it wrong, but how so can we do it right? The one thing that I always do with my clients, and it, they, they always get this shocked look on their face when I recommend it and say, we're going to do this, is, is you need to talk to your clients. You need, no yeah, because uh, especially if you're doing a really great job and they love you, they want to see you be more successful because they want to keep giving you money and they don't want you to go out of business. So, you know, asking them for feedback on things like how you buy and asking them to walk them through how they make purchasing decisions in their company and what types of questions they're asking and how they move through that cycle is a great way. Cause now you get, you know, five to 10 of those and you put it all together and you say, all right, so what are the similarities? You know, they're all doing this at the beginning there. Here's this step. There's going to be some little off one-offs on how they adjust, but you can come up with a pretty good base idea of, all right, so here's their process. How does that match to what we're doing? You know, a lot of times, you know, one of the cool things you'll find out is they don't want, you know, the first time they download a lead magnet from your page is not when your salesperson should reach out to them. They're not ready for that conversation yet. They're not ready for a relationship. They're still kind of checking out the the dating app and seeing who who's all out there. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's understanding those types of things so that, yeah, the sales rep calls me five minutes after I, I go to a web page is just annoying. Yeah. You know, those types of things are what you'll discover. And it's funny, clients are, uh, whenever I say, yeah, we're going to set up some meetings with your clients to talk about their experience purchasing from you. And they're like, we, we are? I'm like, yes, definitely, because they're going to give me better information than your salespeople are, because your salespeople want to look good. And they're not going to tell me the things they didn't like about it. So 
you know, that's the number one thing. You've got to ask your clients for feedback. Let them tell you what was great, what they didn't like about buying and, and getting set up and going through the onboarding, all that stuff. Get that feedback and then map it out. Really take that and look at, all right, so how are we selling? What do, what are we doing? Are we doing it at the right point in time? And then identify, all right, so what are all the tasks that we're doing in that process that are repetitive? You know, yeah. are your salespeople entering data for a client in multiple systems? If so, how do we use an API to just do it once and now it pushes everywhere? Are they sending, you know, the one that I always screwed up when I was doing corporate sales pre-email automation was the thank you email. So every Friday I would sit at my desk and send out the, hey, it was great meeting you this week. You know, I love hearing about your company email uh, to like 10, 10 to 12 different companies I met with for the first time. And I would not be paying attention because this is just total menial, mind-numbing work. Uh, zombie tasks, one of my friends called them. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and I would forget to change the name. I would cut and paste from an email into on it. So I would send Simone, hey, Simone, but with the wrong company name. Or yeah. to the right company, but I would call you Sue. <laughs> and then I'd hit send and like, oh my God, what did I just do? So it's tasks like that that are just mind-numbing, repetitive that you can automate based on, hey, I finished off, the, I completed a meeting with a client. Perfect. Now the automation sends the email automatically 24 hours later with some key uh, content that matches types of questions and information that your client's looking for at that time. Mm -hmm. So it's really simple. It does your the thing that I see with a lot of clients is they try and make their automation really complex and complicated. It doesn't have to be, you know, for companies that are starting out, the key is just to find one thing that's broken yeah. and fix it and then find the next thing that's broken and figure out, all right, so how do we, how do we improve our foxhole? That's what we call it in the army, you know, always improving your foxhole, your battle position, making it better and, and increasing things that you do. And, and, and that's and, really you know, key. And, and you know what, like what I'm, what I'm getting also is that by following this process, you're not only improving your sales process, but also your marketing processes. Because yep. when you, when you are really understanding the customer journey of your clients and to be honest, that's a, a, this interview is now a reminder for me because I've not done this exercise for a while. And I think that sometimes we can get complacent after a while and think, but we know. Yeah. The reality is that things change all the time. The buying behavior of clients change all the time. And I, this is for everyone and myself included a reminder of not taking this process for granted because maybe things have changed in the way your best clients are buying. So definitely I'm taking away one action already. I'm going to go through some of our best clients and more recent, more recent one, and then uh, interview them about their buying processes. Yeah. Because now you can not only fix your sales process, make it better automate the tasks that are repetitive, but also you can fix your marketing one because now instead of wasting time on channels that maybe they are not relevant for you and your clients and your business, now you can focus on channels that actually are giving you a return. Is, yeah. is that correct? Yeah, definitely. And with the marketing piece, you know, you're also able to better identify where your leads are at in their process. So you can do a better job of doing the, the uh, lead assignment and saying, all right, so, you know, this one is just downloaded a pricing hmm. guide. 
So they are totally at a point in the process where they're looking at making a decision. Uh, we haven't sent them to a salesperson yet. They need to talk to someone. Or, you know, if you're a, a smaller shop where the, as the owner, you're doing all the sales, you get the notification, you need to call this person because they just downloaded pricing. They went to your pricing page. Or, you know, they downloaded a, uh, on the other side of the funnel, they downloaded a, um, a information about one of their competitors and the issue they were having, a case study. So now you know, oh, so they're exploring. Let's send them more information on the impacts of the issue. So as a marketer, you can be much more exact in how you are targeting people if you know what content they, they're getting and how they're interacting with it. And a lot of people will just throw it into this big campaign that's all time-based, like, well, you got this, so now we're gonna send you that. And then a couple of days later, we'll send you this one. And they're just assuming that they're progressing at that speed. And it's not always that way. Yeah, people progress at different speeds. And um, there is one thing that I'm taking away from uh, this conversation so far is another thing, a key important one which is the um, uh, not to build something that works for another company in another industry into yours. Because sometimes now I think it's very attractive, the message, copy my lead generating yep. system. It works for me, it's gonna work for you. Even though we are in two complete different industries talking to two complete different clients with different buying behaviors, right? Yep. And uh, the copy my system is sexy. The copy my system message is very sexy. It, it talks to the lazy person that, uh, you know, creating and interviewing your clients and mapping out your own system. I don't want to do that. But actually, you're now copying someone else buyer's journey. They might not be, actually, 90% of the time, yeah. might not be the one that is going to work for you, right? Yeah, you, you see the ads and the, the webinars and all the stuff on social media all the time for it. And you see all the all the, the successes, but that's probably, you know, less than 10% of their entire customer base, mm -hmm. especially if they're a really successful one uh, who is getting, you know, bringing, has built a business that's doing seven figures. You know, there's probably a small percentage that are successful and are giving those, but then you have a ton of people who buy it and don't either because they didn't weren't able to put it into effect because that's not their thing. They're not, a, they're not an integrator. They love buying the big ideas or that it wasn't, it wasn't a fit for their industry. They tried to again, take the, the CRM that has a default setting and force their stuff to fit. And, you know, and that doesn't work. And people can understand, you know, when you get, I, this happened to me a couple of weeks ago, I got the same exact uh, connection message on LinkedIn from two different people in mm -hmm. two different businesses. And other than a couple words, it was exactly the same message. I'm like, you both bought the same program. <laughs> I'm like, so, it, yeah. and, and maybe I'm just a little bit more, uh, I recognize that more because of what I do, but, of course. but I, I think people know when you're getting a message that's not authentically you and it doesn't sound like your stuff. You know, and that's one of the things when I work with companies that have multiple salespeople and we're doing automation for them, I'm, I'm like, all right, so you have a company tone. You have a way that your company sounds and the way your company brand talks and feels. How do your salespeople talk? And I really make the marketers that I'm working with figure out, all right, so what do your salespeople sound like? What words are they using in the front of their clients? 
because that's what needs to go into the automation emails, not your marketing terminology and your your marketing uh, value propositions that go into your ads. How do your salespeople talk? And and, there, and that's another question. They're like, well, we've never looked at that. I'm like, go look at, hang out with your best salespeople. See what they're saying to clients that are clients are like, oh, yeah, I get it. That's what needs to go in those sales emails that are supporting them. Because if it doesn't sound like them, they're going to know it's a, a marketing automation and it's not really a real conversation. Yeah. And, and if you're starting out and you maybe you're the only one uh, running your business, then uh, you take your marketing hat and you put it on your sales hat and then you think about, okay, how can I write this in a way that when I'm in front of a yep. client, so you put the sales hat on for a moment because you might not have someone that does your marketing, or exactly. that does your sales, but if it's you, you are going to operate in different ways in the different parts of your business. So yep. put on your sales hat, put on your marketing hat, get us hat to have a conversation. It might look weird, but actually <laughs> works during this exercise. Yeah. Exactly so really works. my business partner, Donnie, uh, he was actually a client first. Now he's my business partner. He He's a former Marine, so he swears. He does not always spell things correctly, and he has this adverse hate for commas. He, he When he sends me copy, there's like usually no commas at all. all right. So when we do emails for him where it's coming from Donnie, I will purposely you know misspell a word. Uh, mm -hmm. I will leave out commas. And I have a couple of marketing people who get them that are just, it drives them nuts because it's not perfect copy, but everyone thinks it's Donnie. You know, one of our emails we sent out for him on a welcome uh, uh, sequence, onboarding sequence, the second email was, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I'm an ass. That was the subject line. <laughs> ah, I love it. And, yeah, it was awesome. And then he goes in and it, it, it says, I'm so sorry. I was so excited to have you in our program that I, you know, I just went off telling you all the really cool stuff. And I didn't even introduce myself. I didn't tell you anything about me. Here's three things you probably didn't know about me. So it's now introducing him and then asking them, hey, tell us this thing about you. Yeah. We, we wow. get, not only is it one of our highest opened ones, because I who bet. wouldn't open that subject line, I but bet. it's also one of our highest emails for reply rates. You know, we will normally get an email one or two a week uh, where someone will start off their reply with, oh, my God, Donnie, I don't think you're an ass. <laughs> and, and, and it always makes me laugh. I'm like, did you not see the big unsubscribe banner at the bottom, <laughs> which is the sure sign that this is automated. Um, but people reply because it sounds like it feels like they're talking to him. And that's the key for any sales automation. It's got to feel like you're talking to the person who you just had a meeting with. If it doesn't sound like that, they know it's like, all right, this is off. And it causes that brain to do that hard stop and it's mm -hmm. like, what's going on here? So that tonality and use of words and phrasing is so key when you're doing sales automation. Yeah. I would love to go into the topic now of um, uh, technology. Okay. Because you mentioned, no you want to have the piece of technology that supports you the most. Do you have any of your favorite pieces of technology that you use or the ones that you offer? Because a lot of people are getting, we know technology is a double-edged sword. Yep. For some is a blessing, for some other is a course, for some other is a course that becomes a blessing, for some <laughs> others is a blessing that becomes a course. Yep. So <laughs> what are your views and what are your favorite tools or things that you use as well? For so for 
Yeah, and that's an awesome question because I, I get asked that all the time. And the key is really for what that person's trying to do. If they're just getting into the sales automation game and they're just now trying to figure out how to do some lead nurturing and some some basic follow-up emails, I'm going to put them in something super simple like a MailChimp or a Drip or a Constant Contact that's not going to take them a ton of time to figure out. It's super intuitive and it's going to get them all the basic stuff so they can actually start building a list and doing some email and, and get the feel for it. If we're going to do some really serious sales automation where we want to integrate it with how a sales team actually sells and and base it on their activities, I'm usually going to go with a tool like Entreport. So they're a higher end system. They're a direct competitor with tools like HubSpot, but yeah. dramatically less expensive. Uh, so it's much easier for a, a small business to absorb into their budget, but it gives you all the key tools. It gives you the email automation. It gives you the behavioral triggers. So you can trigger things based on your client doing something and not just yeah. time. Uh, and you can also trigger things based on your salesperson or the owner doing something. So now, you know, you finish that, that meeting and the, uh, the salesperson updates the client, the contact record to, you know, whatever that, that, you know, mm -hmm. stage they're at or how the meeting went, that can be the trigger to then send out something. So you can have that human touch still integrated into it. So it's not all just this formal lake, uh, email marketing. So yeah. that's really the key. You have to look at what you want to accomplish. And then, you know, all right, so what is the simplest tool that I can find that will do that? Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think that uh, we, we definitely see it in a, sim in a very similar way. I used uh, um, uh, Keep Now is Keep, Max yep. Classic, uh, uh, X Infusionsoft. But they, they, this is another good system for, for that type of selling. But if someone is starting out, you know, MailChimp. Yeah, I had... It's, I had uh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I had Infusionsoft for my first big automation tool uh, when I was doing some courses and different stuff. And it and, and I, I like to think I'm pretty technical and I can figure out graphic user user interfaces pretty well. And I can find myself a way around a software system that did my head in. Uh, yeah. It was yeah. Yeah. so hard. It wasn't intuitive. It didn't make sense to me at all. Not at all. Entreport has the nice drag and drop for the campaign builder. So you can literally drop on your next step and then you can, and you can literally see how everything flows in a nice visual way. Yeah. I'm like, all right, this is awesome. I, I uh, agree. You know, you, know, you know what? I'm not, uh, I'm, I've been using Keep now, like X Infusionsoft uh, for eight years now. It took me four years to about to figure yeah. it out. <laughs> and and I, I never recommend anyone to, <laughs> but I use it because now I know how to use it and my team knows how yeah. to use it. I but have... we already went through the four years learning course. Exactly. So, but it, I, it's never a system that even if I use it, I never recommend it to anyone. It, I had they a really prospect. need to get their ducks in order. Yeah, I, I had a pro I think they might do it on purpose because I had a prospect that we were going to do a bunch of stuff for. And they're like, oh, my God, we still want you to do this. And they're like, all right, we're on we're on Infusionsoft. I'm like, well, I can relearn that and do it. Or we can put you on this really cool new system that is actually easier for you. And they're like, but we just figured out how to use this one. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> we spend the past five years of our life yeah. and countless hours in hiring exactly. consultants. To it's like using, it's like a company that adds Salesforce. 
you know, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to sell Salesforce when it was salesforce.com and it was an awesome system and it was super easy. It was great mm -hmm. for small businesses. It was an awesome alternative to like ACT and all the other ones. Goldmine was the other big one right, at that right, time. Right. Now, that is how old I am, everyone. You now know. Um, <laughs> but it's advanced and it has continued to evolve and now it's at the point where it's really designed for enterprise level sales yes. where you have a company that has multiple sales channels that all sell differently and they're all selling different products but you need to be able to roll everything up into one tidy report that your your director level and c level can understand so they can say all right here's how the company does it's too hard and complex now for a small business because you have mm -hmm. to spend a ton of time uh, figuring it out. So now companies, when they get in, it's like, yeah, we're not moving. We are staying. Salesforce is it. We figured it out. It's running. You can, you can give me a better system, a simpler system, but I ain't moving from here. Yeah, uh, exactly. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. You do it on purpose. Kevin, it, it has been an incredible interview and definitely I love geeking out on sales. I love geeking out on automation. Definitely we have a shared passion and we've relearned and learned definitely about really interviewing your customers and understanding your sales process from their perspective, not what you think works, not what someone else, another guru tells you, this is how to sell, but really understanding how your customers buy, map it out, and then look at what tasks are repetitive. What can I automate and tackle one thing at a time, one thing at a time, not using, uh, uh, using good messaging, that talks to the client, not talks about how great you are, but the challenges and the problems of the client and how it's going to affect them and then implement them in your automation messages. I know there is a ton more that people can learn from you. And uh, this is just like a, 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 we open the window into your expertise here, um, which uh, so if someone wants to reach out to you, learn more, get some of the resources that you have, what is the best way? So I actually have a gift for all your listeners and I have a favor to ask for them as well. So I'm going to ask the favor first and then, uh, then I'll give them the gift. So the favor is uh, if any of you that are listening got any value out of what Simone and I have been talking about and the content that he puts out on the Expert to Authority podcast, please share this with one person. Teach them how to listen to the show, help them load it up onto their, their podcast player on their phone and introduce them to this. That is the coolest thing you can do for any podcast host is actually share their content with someone else. And for all of you that really are enjoying this conversation, geeking out with us, uh, text the words sell smarter. So S E L L S M A R T E R to uh, one six one two four two nine four two nine eight. The number again is six one six one two four two nine four two nine eight. And I'll send you a list of questions that, that you can use to map out your client's buying process and a guide to what content is going to be most effective for each step of the sales process to answer those clients' questions. Now I'm going to send you my text as soon as we finish the recording. Because uh, I definitely want to have it. As I mentioned, I'm going to go through this process. So I'm going to definitely uh, get access to these free resources. I would encourage you to do the same and uh, get access to these resources so you can have the first starting point of mapping out uh, the 
sales automations that you are going to create in the future. And of course, if you want to see also what Kevin has to offer, check out all the social media website links are in the show notes. So you can scroll down the number to send a text with the keywords is also in the show notes. So you just need to scroll down and get access to everything there. Kevin, it's been an absolute pleasure to having you on our show. Yeah, thank you so much. This has been a blast. I love coming on shows like this where we can really deep dive and geek out on on the stuff that we love. So this is cool. Thank you so much. I had a a great time. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching or listening. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe. If uh, uh, you enjoyed, you're listening, you're watching until this time, leave us a review. Reviews are the lifeblood of the show and they're really good for my ego as well. So make sure you give us a a good review. And um, until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us and that's how you can help us grow the show. Also remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.